In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's August 9th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 103 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And is it Rhinebeck yet? Is it Rhinebeck yet? Is it Rhinebeck yet? Is it fall yet? Can it be Rhinebeck yet? It's not Rhinebeck yet. Is it be Rhinebeck yet? Not Rhinebeck yet. Oh, but I want to be Rhinebeck. I do too. I want Rhinebeck, I want Rhinebeck now! <laughs> I want go now! Then we need a Time Lord. That can be arranged. It can? You have been holding <laughs> out on me! Woman, is this how you get your stash? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Doctor, <laughs> she's found us out. Move to the secure line. I am tempted to insert a TARDIS noise right here. I may do that in editing. So yes, in case you haven't figured out, uh, we are dreaming of a pleasant Rhinebeck. We are going to Rhinebeck this year. Yes. That has been confirmed. Yes. And we are both going to Rhinebeck this year. For the whole weekend. In the same house. Yes. Woo! Party at our place! Our other roommates might not enjoy that quite so much, but... There will be booze and there will be talking about male posteriors. I don't care if anybody else don't like it. (laughs) Nerd house! (laughs) Marsha, Lexi, Susie... Sarah, Margaret, other Margaret. I've told my mom Marissa, and dad that because they may be in town the week prior to, and I'm like, I have to leave by this date. No questions. I'm I'm sorry if I'm not here to see you guys off. My husband will do it. Don't worry. But I've got to go by this time. But I don't care. I'm leaving right yeah. now. <laughs> and I, you know, I showed them the site and I showed them the site of, you know, where we're going to be staying. Oh, my mom's like, oh, that sounds like a lovely weekend. I'm like, you have no idea. And I'd like to keep it that way, actually. <laughs> so is it just us, or is anybody else missing fall? Well, probably not just us. Probably not just uh, Well, it's in the western, you know, upper hemisphere, at least, anyways. True, yes. But, um... Southern hemisphere is probably like, oh my god, can spring just get here? Because <laughs> I know we were like that. You know, winter was hard, but oh my god, we're ready for fall. Mm-hmm. We are ready for nice, crispy autumn leaves and cool weather and... You know, not sweating the proverbial balls off. Sweaters. Sweaters. And socks. Nice woolly socks. And actually needing them. Mm-hmm. I swear, like, guys, seriously, the other night, I was looking at, like, Rhinebeck photos, and I was, anyway, I was looking through, like, sweater patterns for my Rhinebeck sweater. More on that later. And I was looking at the photos from the book, The Rhinebeck Sweater, and I swear I felt this yearning deep in my soul. <laughs> I want it to be fall. There is a hole that can only be filled by apple cider and pumpkin. And apple cider donuts. Mm. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. Into Adventures in Knitting. Yes! Oh, and actually, before we do that. Oh, yeah. I should mention that, no, okay, so of course, before Rhinebeck, we have the Kitchener-Waterloo Knitters Fair. Yes. Which we are both going to be at. Yes, I intend to be healthy. Yes. I have full intentions of being healthy. You had better be. I have not been sick all summer. Not all kinds of wood. Crossing fingers. Yes, and stuff like that. But yes, I will be there. So we are planning another little get-together at the little meetup yeah. at this festival. So we were thinking like 11.30 food area. You'll be able to spot us, trust me. Yep. I will most likely be wearing the Peggy Carter hat. <laughs> no matter what the temperature's like that day. 
So, yeah, look for a red fedora. And I've dyed my hair sort of like a celebration of post-black belt, and I call it um, red a glass of red wine on fire. So, yes, it'll be obvious who we are. Yeah. Squee! And so, yes, if you, if you are going to be there, you know, hey, let us know in the thread and everything like that. But if you're going to be there and you don't get a chance to let us know, then just show up I have- and say hello. And if you see us walking around, say hello. We don't bite, really. Not unless you ask nicely. Mm, unless you get some sexual favors first. Yeah, I've learned not to leave marks. You gotta buy me dinner. <laughs> you know At what? least. No, I, I just need consent so that I don't get in trouble later. <laughs> and I have full intentions of dropping money at this at this convention. Because I was sick for the first one. So I, yeah, so you have money saved up. I have full intentions of dropping some dough at this convention. <laughs> well, before we get there, though, we have projects we pro- probably should finish. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how about we move into Adventures in Knitting? I've got a sheet of red spilling out next to me. This is my mom's poinciana shawl that I have been talking about for two and a half months now. At least. At least. <sighs> it's almost there. I am on the third chart. Where's my chart? You can see my chart, Karen. I scaled it down so I only need two pages instead of four. But it is 153 rows, and I have 138 stitches. Wow. Yeah, and when you were printing them out so that the the symbols weren't extremely teeny tiny, it was ending up on, like, four sheets of paper that you were sticking together. Four sheets of computer paper. Yeah, so each sheet was, like, an eight and a half each chart was four sheets of eight and a half by 11 paper. Uh-huh. And now you've just condensed it down so it is super teeny tiny. My God, especially some of those cable. How in the hell do you read these cable charts? Um, is it care- a chart for ants? Very carefully, that's all I'm saying. And everything that's highlighted in fluorescent yellow is a bead. So the goal is I do 10 rows, Lord. Per, 10 rows per sitting. And if I continue with that um, and do five sittings a week... I should be able to finish it the last week of August, which still gives me time to block it, dry it, and more than likely to get it to my brother, who is going down to the Caribbean, because I still haven't heard anything more about what festivities are solidified, so I'm just taking the path of least resistance here. Mm -hmm. But anyways, yes, it should be ready in time. The problem (laughs) is... That, uh, judging from the last two charts that I finished, I keep running out of yarn 20 rows before the end. So I have to order another skein of yarn for just the last 20 rows. No. That gives me, what, 80% of a skein, I'd say two-thirds of a skein, for something else? Mm-hmm. You can make yourself some really nice hand warmers or something. Yep. So. Where were you going to get the yarn? Uh, Needle Emporium. And I gotta order that probably this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you want to do road trip? I would love to, because there are also other things that got to be bought, but more on that later. Mm-hmm. So I finished my springtime in New Zealand socks, and I called them that. They're actually called, I'm going to attempt the French here, and I've said it several times before, I didn't grow up doing any French lessons. So this is Sacre de Printemps, which is basically the rite of spring. It's a pattern found on Ravelry by, it's published Kawa in- Coffee, I think it is. C-A-O-U-A coffee it is a free download uh it does have some charts involved but uh it's very pretty knit so i have finished those with my niche yarn uh in purple amethyst that i got from somebody in new zealand i'm still knitting away at vivid squares 
And Vivid is a patchwork blanket, basically you knit the squares, and it's done by Tin Can Knits. Also, I got nudged very heavily in the <laughs> in the swap <laughs> message board, <laughs> prompting me to actually finish those bob socks. And yes, duly noted, and yes, I am back to working on them. I swear I am. You can ask my husband what I did in the entire drive all the way to a family barbecue. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Don't ask. Don't ask. So there's that. However, some people got it up their crazy butts to start posting in Facebook this week. Yes. Hey, post this. It's only 20 weeks until Christmas. <laughs> twitch, 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 twitch. Oh my god. So yeah, now I now not only do I have what am I going to be doing for Christmas? Am I knitting for people for Christmas? No. And you know, okay, Karen needs to take over my life basically. <laughs> but there's also the swap list because oh my god, the swap took off great. Yes, we have t so many people involved. How many people do we have? Well, do you remember? I think it's between 40 and 45. Yeah. Something like that. And there are lurkers coming out of the shadows to yeah. be a part of this. People I love that. People who've never posted on the board before joining. Squee! We love you. You're dragging you out into the, into the light. Into the light, including my cousin Marcia. Hi, Marcy! Yes, I saw that. She's probably... Come to the dark side. We have cookies, literally. Yeah, literally. We got cookies sitting right here, and they, uh, they're they still warm from the oven and dribbling chocolate and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to edit out all the pauses while I chew. <laughs> So we have, um, there are projects, obviously, that are going to be on the go for the swap. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the requirements is that you do something that's handmade. It doesn't have to be knitting. Yeah. But it does have to be handmade. And this group doesn't do anything by halves. No. That I can tell. <laughs> because I didn't get any work done for the last 45 minutes of of office hours on Friday. I'm just, I'm just, I'm making spreadsheets and I'm making lists and I'm going through Ravelry notes and cues and, oh my God, I got, I, okay, is this going to be this fandom or am I going to switch that up and put that in that fandom and actually pick up this for that fandom? And uh, I need to sit down. <laughs> so there's that, that has to happen, which is why the trip to Ancaster would actually come in kind of handy because <laughs> yeah, got to start knitting. <laughs> Want to knock off work early tomorrow? I am not putting that. I am not answering that well on the air because that can incriminate <laughs> me somehow. I know it would. So, okay. Other than that, I has also been a spinning. Ooh. So something I actually brought up. Yeah, I've been spinning, but I didn't learn anything about fulling until about ten days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so this I actually finished plying. Ooh, yesterday. Pretty. And would you like to explain to the people what fulling is? Fulling, well, basically what I was doing is I was spinning the yard and I was plying. I would leave it on the bobbin to rest. Then I would wind it onto the nitty knotty, which is that sort of stick that has two handles that are perpendicular to each other going in 90 degree angle ways. And then I would take it off and wind it and try spinning and try knitting with it that way. Mm -hmm. And that is called energized yarn because it still is kinky and not in the sexy boots kind of way. It, yeah, and the twist is sometimes a little, sometimes it's still a little over-twisted or under-twisted right. in places. And I saw a video and what was done, and of course everybody may have their own different ways of to do this, but fulling, I guess the easiest way to say what it is is 
preparing to relax. You relax the yarn mm -hmm. so that it releases some of its tension and it's much easier to knit with. Mm -hmm. And it tends to set the twist, too. And so what I did after leaving it on the bobbin overnight, wound it on the Nitty Knotty again, and while it was on the Nitty Knotty, did the figure eight knots through it about mm -hmm. six times. Yeah. Took that and put it into the sink, filled it with a hot sink with some dish soap detergent in it. Mm -hmm. Dawn, and as was said in the video, if it's good enough for pelicans, it's good enough for yarn. <laughs> oh yeah, if it's good enough for penguins. Yeah, if it's good enough for penguins, yeah. The sink that I use has an extremely slow drain out, so mm -hmm. I'll put the yarn in, make sure I squeeze out all the air bubbles and everything else like that, mm -hmm. and then I leave. And by the time I come back, I don't know, 15 minutes later, the water has drained out and I'm just left with soggy yarn. You do the usual thing that you do when you're blocking something and it's wet. You roll it up in a towel, you squish it, you dry it as mm -hmm. much as you can. Then comes the part that my husband thinks is um, silly but kind of cool, is you take it outside and you whack it against something really hard, something flat. <laughs> so I've got a coffee table, you know, it's, an, it's a wood coffee table outside, and you take it and it's literally like you're lashing at something flat. So take out some aggression, just whack, 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 and just go at it a couple times, you know, rotate it in your hand. And mm -hmm. after that, just lie it in the sun. And I found that if I hang it up with uh, my plastic watering can just hanging off the edge of it, mm -hmm. helps it straighten out a little bit. This is yarn that I fold, I spun and fold quite a while after it was mm -hmm. spun. So it did get a bit of relaxation, but it does have an occasional little coil in it. And I mean, a lot of I've I've mean I've I've got like socks that rock that does that. Yeah. So. But on the whole, it it makes an amazing difference. It really does go to energy. I, I say it goes from energized yarn to mellow yarn. <laughs> yarn that's now sitting in a hot tub, going, dude. <laughs> it can wait. We're cool. It's yarn from Colorado. Yeah, it's a yarn from Colorado. <laughs> it's got the munchies. So I've been practicing my spinning where I can. And last thing for me, uh, so Karen and I have both caught the knitting, the weaving bug mm -hmm. and developed an interest. And I've managed to acquire through proper channels and everything. I swear I have not hired a sniper or anything. <laughs> I've managed to acquire a full loom is 44 inches and uh for free which is the really cool part yeah it does need a read but i can uh, you know i'm i'm okay with purchasing one of those with ordering one of those i haven't got it yet because the person who actually owns the barn and the property where it is is away on vacation for this month i will probably have it in september which is cool because it gives me this month to rearrange my craft room yes and to you figure can put out the loom where in to it. put it and also that way you can get your mother's shawl done. Yes. Because before it arrives in your house so right. that you're not like, I want to play with my new toy, but I still have this to work on. I know. Because there's so many things I want to do and this is kind of like, you know, the homework assignment. You have to do your quota every day. Mm -hmm. You have to. I wanna I wanna do fun stuff. I wanna do fun stuff. I wanna look at something other than red. But anyways. So, okay, that's me. I have a million and one ideas of things I wanna do, but I can't talk about them because they're all swappy style things. Yeah, same here. I have plans. Evil mwaha. Evil, evil plans. Well, not so evil, but I'm the person who receives stuff will enjoy it. 
And won't think it's evil. I I actually I did that um, thing on Facebook where you answer the questions and it'll tell you what which of the famous witches you are. Mm-hmm. I got Glinda. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I need to go out and set fire to something and and like maybe take a, dominate a couple of countries. I need to balance that out. That can be arranged. That can be arranged. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I am almost done. The Earth Shawl. That's the one you spell it U R D R by Anna Dolphy. I just need to rip out the last three rows. Oh no! <laughs> and decide whether I want to bind off after just two repeats of the edging pattern because you're supposed to do three, or do the third one with another yarn because I do not have enough yarn to do all three. You and I are both in the same place. Yeah. Uh, except mine is stuff that I dyed myself. Yes, you did. Like, months ago, and was just sort of, it was left, and it was, not only was I just sort of, like, fucking around when I dyed it, well, not, like, completely, but it was, like, leftover dye from something else, so, like, the chances of me being able to over, to re-dye even close to the color is probably not that great, and that would be if I wanted to, like, spend another skein of yarn dyeing this color, which, you know, it's a really nice color. I don't really need another skein of it because I have the project that I was doing in that color, almost. So my other plan, this one is like the, it's like a sort of a dark turquoise more towards the blue. Okay. Is the current color of the shawl. I have, I found the leftover yarn from the Potion Master Stole. Which is... Harkening back to episode one of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Epically long ago. Yes. Like but 2011. If I, if I, think I recall, it was. that's not quite black. No. It's, um, it's multicolored. It's gray and dark green, green and black and, and stuff. So okay. I was going to over dye it with black and get like a mostly, you know, mostly black yarn. So I was thinking of doing like the last repeat in black as the edging. Mm hmm. It would look kind of cool. And I mean, I do have another skein down there that. Is sort of similar colors. It's really not. Like, it would be obvious that it's not the same. Right. But I don't think it's enough of a contrast to be, oh, she did this on purpose. It might look like, oh, she made a mistake. It might look like, oh, somebody didn't check their dye lots. Mm. <laughs> or, you know, didn't alternate yarns because of a different dye lot. So I'm thinking either that or I'll just do two repeats of the pattern. It should be wavy-ish enough. But I'd kind of like to give another have another repeat just to make sure I get the nice little waviness that I'm going to get from the edging. I don't know. I need to figure it out. So at the moment, that is resting because I would still need... Because too, like, I, I need to dye the yarn first if I'm going to do that, <laughs> if I'm going to add that colored edging. So in the meantime, um, I have also finished the Candle Flame pattern Koigu socks that I was doing from one of my German stitch dictionaries. Mm-hmm. And I have picked up a pair of toe-up socks... Also using one of my German stitch dictionaries that I started eons ago. So I'm showing Maggie's sock number one. Those are pretty. Where the first sock I have actually, I'm pretty much at the heel for it. Um, I think I had, looking at the ball, I I assumed that I had knit the heel and then found out the socks don't really fit. I hadn't made them long enough. So I pulled the heel. Apparently at one point I pulled the heel out, rewound the yarn, and knit a few extra rows. And then I also started... The second sock. And actually, one of the things I'm using for the second sock is uh, back at the Knitter's Fair, I got a pair of Addy sock rockets. And they're pretty nice. I like them. I don't know if I'm like super like them even more than my Chow Goo, 
ones and therefore whether I would, you know, get a whole collection of sock rockets, but you know, I might acquire a couple more. But so I'm using one of those on the second sock, of which I have finished the toe. I just needed to, I didn't have a chance when I was on the bus the other day to check my little knitting notebook where I have the stitch patterns and therefore get the, the setup rows for the stitch patterns done. Other than that, <laughs> I have a whole bunch of things that I am planning slash need to get started. Like, say, a Rhinebeck sweater. <laughs> That's because my Rhinebeck sweater has gone undergone a few changes in the last few weeks. Few? A few. few. Three or four is a few. Yes, that is um, true. I had originally planned to do the Royale sweater by Glenna C, which I still really want to do, except I realized it's a pullover. And at Rhinebeck, I'll probably want to wear a jacket slash cardigan so that people can actually see the podcast logo t-shirt that I will be wearing. Again, I'm going to be wearing the red fedora. <laughs> I'm going to be easy to see. But if people don't already listen to the podcast or whatever, it'd be kind of nice to, for them to be able to see the logo. So, which means I can't do a pullover. So then I was like, okay, maybe I will do... I sort of had an idea for a pullover I would like to do with like a circular like yoke neck knit from the top down. I was thinking of using like a leafy or candle flame patterned thing again. And I sort of had this in mind was sort of thinking about it. But then I sort of realized too, like, I don't know if I want to do that in any of the yarn I have. And I have a fair bit of sweater yarn. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be buying more. And when I went to look at Okay, how much would it cost for sweater yarn if I was going to buy more? Eh, I don't know if I should be spending the money on sweater yarn either right now. So that got put off to the side. My current plan, and one which I really need to get into gear, is I'm kind of going to be doing the Cypress Cardigan by Amy Herzog from Knit to Flatter. Except <laughs> I was going to change the stitch pattern. I wanted to do one of the nice little twisted stitch cable stitch patterns, like okay. with my socks. And <laughs> I was thinking of doing it from the top down in one piece. Okay. Whereas the sweater, as it is in the book, is bottom up and seamed. You so knit in pieces. You don't, you don't take any challenges, you know, around Rhinebeck, do you? <laughs> no. You know, not really. Of course, I need to get this started soon. Okay. Because last year, I didn't finish my Rhinebeck sweater in time. And while, you know, and while I do have that sweater to wear to Rhinebeck this year, I don't exactly want my Rhinebeck sweaters to always be... The year after. For the year after I actually start them. This one, however, I will say, like, most of it is stuck in it. I'm not going to cover the entire thing in Twisted Stitches. It's basically going to be, it's a little cardigan, so there's a stitch pattern along either side of the button band at the front, on each front. And then there's a panel at the back. So I was going to do the panel in the back and the twisted stitches. And those I can even do, like, without looking at a pattern once I've done, like, the first couple repeats. And I can follow what I've already done. Unlike the sweater last year where I had to you need a keep checking and, yeah. a cable chart because the cable chart was crazy. But gorgeous. So, <laughs> so gorgeous. And I kind of wanted to and I wanted to do it top down and kind of in one piece because I found it really easy to modify, like, doing short rows for the chesticles. <laughs> You have to do that after the conversation I had to have with my son. You had <laughs> yes. to do that. Yes, I did. And, you know, and tr and trying it on so I can see how long it is. Because my sweaters seem to never be long enough. I keep sort of tugging on them. Because mm. I don't, I need, need to be longer. 
So I kind of want to do it top down in one piece so I can keep doing, so I can keep trying that. Okay. Or keep trying it on and get the right fit instead of trying to do these modifications and stuff going bottom up and sort of guessing like, okay, I think this is going to hit my boobs for the, the short rows to compensate as well as doing some waist shaping. Okay. So, so I'm going to be cobbling together <laughs> stuff from knit to flatter, my German stitch dictionaries, and uh, Ann Bud's top-down sweater pattern handbook. So I'm going to have like three different resources. <laughs> what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to actually get my knitting notebook and like go to the one pattern and get the numbers and stuff and then go to the other thing and write out the instructions for my size in my knitting notebook as it would be. So I'm not trying to look between three different things. And like photocopy the, the stitch pattern for the twisted stitch cables I want to do and glue them in my notebook. Yeah. So everything is in that one little book. And so then I can take things with, with me. With you. Yeah. As much as I can once I start getting a, knitting a sweater that's going to be fairly large. I think the most ambitious I'll get for Rhinebeck for this year is a hat. And I'm just trying to figure out if I'm going to do a tam or a stocking cap. Stocking cap would be cool. It would also be noticeable if anybody's yeah. trying to find me. And speaking of knitting for Rhinebeck, I've also decided... What's going to be my train knitting for down to Rhinebeck? I actually decided this like three weeks ago. Okay, what's your train knitting? I want to see okay. this. Okay. Well, you know, we do have like a seven-hour train ride. Yes, I I'm And we, we still do need to decide which exact train it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. That's another reason why I'm over here tonight. <laughs> yeah. And we will let you guys know in case you're coming from like the Buffalo, Albany area so that you can see us on the train. Because last year I did meet a listener on the train. Cool. Which was awesome. Cool. Hopefully you'll be coming again. Is there um, booze on the train? Maybe. <laughs> I can't remember. We can check the Amtrak menu when, okay. when we're done, too, um, for the cafe car. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so yes, I want to do the Arbor, or Arbre pattern, A-B-R-E. It's French for tree, uh, by Andrea Rangel from Wool People 9. It's the one that came out most recently. It's a circular shawl. Okay. And I'm going to do it in custom woolen mills, mule spinner sock yarn, and a natural gray kind of heather. And Custom uh, custom Woolen Mills is a mill in Carstairs, Alberta, and they make their own yarn on what's called a mule spun uh, machine. So it's spun, it's woolen spinning, which if I remember correctly. A-R-B-R-E. Yeah. That one? Yep. No, you're not ambitious. <laughs> no, this is just my train knitting. I'm going to start it on the train. So it'll be fairly small while we're on the train. That's the yarn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's a... If I remember correct my spinning terms correctly, it's a woolen spun yarn, which means it's a little loftier. Yeah, it's plushy. And squishier and slightly fuzzier. It's got a little bit more of a rustic look yeah. to it, which I really like. And it does look like it'll be a good match for um, the, the Brooklyn Tweed loft that's in the original. And this is their sock yarn, so it's 70% wool, 30% nylon. And it's actually fairly soft. I actually got a couple skeins because I originally wanted to do the Royale pullover in one of their yarns. And it's actually... Softer than I expected. Yeah? But that's why I got the sample skeins. It's quite nice. And it should soften up a bit too with washing. And it's nice and rustic and natural looking. The only and it's reasonably it's really reasonably priced yarn too. The only thing is of course you're dealing with Canada Post. Of course. So the shipping sucks. But but I mean when I sort of did my sample order from them to see how much it would be with shipping and taxes and everything. It was about the same as I've paid at Webs for yarn that was like discounted or closeout or whatever. All right. Especially when you factor in the exchange rate, which right now is... Sucks balls for us. Terrible. The other reason we need to book everything for Rhinebeck. Yeah, I know. And I should get some money out for it. 
so the Canadian dollar doesn't go down even further. Um, other than that, I haven't started the Lily Pilly the Lily Pilly shawl yet. I wanted to get a few other things first. Um, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to need to do a scarf for mom out of Sierra, and I got it for her at Rhinebeck last year from uh, Carolina Homespun. I got some of their Carmo yarn. Looks like the model, the the name of the yarn is Morgane. It's a two ply sort of fingering weight yarn in the Sienna colorway. That's about 580 yards. That's a good amount. Yeah. And I'm going to do the Myrtle Scarf by Quenna Lee, which has these nice little leafy pattern, stitch pattern on it. And it's got, it's basically a scarf, but it's got buttons. Okay. And buttonholes at one end. So you can wrap it around. You can turn it into a cowl. And so that's me. <laughs> I just need to do a lot of things. Yes, we all need to do a lot of things. This is what happens with the lead up to fall, I think. Yeah. And unfortunately, the lead up to fall is also preceded by summer, which is completely bonkers at work. Yeah. Especially this year. Though I should mention, one of the programs I did this summer was a superhero program. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Which went really well. I dressed up. As a, I, w- I was actually in character for the program as a shield agent who was testing the kids' superhero abilities to see if they should, or how we should categorize them on shields' index of gifteds <laughs> and possible future Avengers, and to see what their their abilities were. So we did things like tested their extrasensory perception by doing pin the star on the superhero's uniform, and. There was another one to test their agility and their problem problem solving skills. We did the floor is lava. Uh-huh. I basically got two red plastic tablecloths from the dollar store and spread them out and then put like little stepping stones on it. And then I, for a few of them, I also had to try, I had them try their teamwork to see how they, how well they worked in teams. So, and of course I had my lanyard too. Of course you did. That I got from Loot Crate. It was fun. And one of the really nice things is at least half of the kids in the program were girls. Cool. And I know one of them watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Woo! Because she mentioned it. Whoa! <laughs> I was like, yes! Nerdlings! Tiny little nerdlings! You've seen that uh, thing going around where it says, you know, my plan is to dress uh, as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent for Halloween and go up to anybody dressed like a superhero and say, I need to talk to you about the the Avengers initiative. I would totally do that. Half the time I end up working on Halloween, but if I was answering the door, I would be very tempted to do that. I've seen a couple of counters as well where somebody says, and then you shake their hands, pull them in close and say, Hail Hydra. I'm like, oh! no, no, those words will never cross my lips. <laughs> I have never said it, not even joking. So I move- stand with shield. <laughs> ah, Beware if you come up to us at Rhinebacker Kitchener Waterloo and tell me those words. There'll be some shit going down. <laughs> I will ice your butt. You, you, <laughs> yeah. I, I am not prepared to hide anybody who says that. Like, you are on your own, bitches. <laughs> yes. So, yes, on that note. On that note, let's move into Geek Squee. <laughs> Shall we go into the marvel stuff since let's, we sort of segued right into let's it? Let's do the marvel stuff first. Okay. So, there's been a few things that have come out about the new seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. There's been uh, some interviews and some articles here and there. Yeah. And of course, like, at this point, the, the cast, I think the last, the most recent interviews, they'd only filmed, like, episode one and mm-hmm. episode two. So they can't say much. They No, they can't. Because they don't actually know much. We do know from earlier in the summer that Mingna said... We find out more of what makes 
May happier Mm -hmm. in this coming season. Well, yes, because we know that her ex is going to be back. She is perhaps not so ex anymore. Not so ex. (laughs) She is on vacation with her ex, and there was a bikini involved. Yes! <laughs> there was also, you know, a handgun involved, but it's Melinda yes. May. You know, it's sort of like, May. you know, breathing. Bring the bikini and the handgun. And the handgun, yeah. You know, and meanwhile, uh, well, now Daisy, Daisy is going to be teaming up with Mac to find in humans. Right, and it is Daisy. Yep. Uh, also known as Quake in the Marvel Universe. For yes, now, formerly known uh, as Sky. Formerly known as Sky, for obvious reasons. So she's... We also know that Simmons is not dead. Yes. But we do know that a lot of time will have Time passed. has passed. Or at least a fair amount of time has passed. Yes. And we know that people figured out what happened to her, because obviously they've got cameras or something yeah. all through the facility. Enough time has passed where the... Most of the team, 90% of the team feel they've exhausted what they can do. Yeah. And they've moved on. Yeah. And there is one member of the team that has not. <laughs> Two guesses who it's going to be. And the first one doesn't count. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, big old. I want my science babies to be happy. So, yeah, it's going to be curious to find out. I am really curious about the whole Simmons Rock thing. Mm-hmm. Because, Pro- and she said they, they, she does know, like... She has gone somewhere. Yeah. It, so presumably we find out where at some point. So the rock is a teleporter. I still like the idea someone else had of having her, it being like time travel and her going back to Peggy Carter. Oh, that would be so, oh, she would fangirl. Crossover, crossover between the two. She would fangirl so hard. I would love to so see hard. her fangirl so hard. She would fangirl so hard. <laughs> but that's just like fan headcanon. Yes, I know. I want all the fanfic of it. Speaking of headcanon, Karen did call it at the end of last season. It wasn't that It wasn't that hard, hard, but yes, you did say so. Phil Coulson is getting a robotic arm, as if, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. would do anything less. Yeah. Because no, apparently he's not terribly comfortable He's not comfortable. Craig, uh, Craig, Clark, Greg, sorry, I'm, I'm smooshing my names, <laughs> uh, said that the, uh, the robotic hand is, is a bitch to work with because it's yeah. highly uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, suck it up! <laughs> Do you get to play a character with a badass robot hand? I cannot wait to see art of that. If we get art of that, like, before Fan Expo, I'm going to be tempted to try and make it somehow. So I can <laughs> wear it. Uh, so there, yeah, there is, there is some... Good taunting coming out, plus the villain, Lash. I don't know very much about him. So I'm, I'm very open-minded to what's com- what's going to be coming out. Yes. And excited. And, and actually to segue between that mm-hmm. and the next thing, I forget if we got a chance to mention last time, I don't think we did, about the epic dub smash war oh, between... We- I, I can't. I, I, I say that we must have, but the fact is that I think we recorded just before Comic Con, okay. so we might not have mentioned it. We or, probably, or it, de- it definitely wasn't in full swing yet. No, so we hadn't seen the most epic of videos. I mean, yet. we we probably talked about it on the message board. Yeah, but we not did here. mention it on the message board, and we have mentioned on the message boards and linked to like a supercut of all the videos of the epic dub smash war between basically Haley Atwell and James Darcy on the. Agent Carter, Carter side, side, and mostly uh, Chloe Bennett and Clark Gregg on yes. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. side. You need to watch these videos. 
They are hilarious. And when you get to the last couple, you're going to lose your, your goddamn shit. minds. Yeah. <laughs> I, how amazing they are. I totally lost my shit. I totally lost it. Yes. I mean, I was walking circles in the middle of my living room going, oh my god, 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 oh my god. Yeah. I watched at least one of those at work and had to, like, bite my hand to keep from screaming. So You were squeeing at pitches only dogs could hear? Yes. But the really cool thing is they're setting up a Dub Smash War charity fundraiser between the two teams. It mm-hmm. hasn't started yet, but if you find Haley Atwell or Clark Gregg or Chloe Bennett on Twitter, when it starts, you will be able to see the crazy war that's going to be going on that they are doing to raise money for charity. Basically, they're going to... Like, raise us, you know, have people donate into a pot, and then, like, whoever the winner is, that goes to their chosen charity. Chosen charity. charity. So now they're doing it for, like, actual help doing good in the world. Instead of just making everybody really happy watching the videos. <laughs> now we now we get to do both, because yes. these are such a bunch of good-natured dorks. Oh they're God. fantastic. Is this cast, these are such dorks. I love it. They're such dorks. I love them so much. Hey, everybody. Karen's here with a little... Update about the Agent Carter versus Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Dub Smash War, this time for charity. Basically, there's going to be three rounds of dub, of dub Smashes <laughs> starting September 2nd, which it looks like yeah, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. team is going to have the first video, with the Team Carter video coming on the 9th. Um, once the videos go up, you'll be able to vote, quote-unquote, um, and you will do so by donating money. Team Carter is raising money for Stomp Out Billing. Team Shield is raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And every dollar that you donate is one vote for your favorite team. It is also an entry to win a trip for you and a guest to Hollywood to have lunch with Haley Atwell and Clark Gregg and James Darcy and Chloe Bennett and to star in a Dub Smash video with them. <laughs> that alone kind of makes me wish I could, like, throw money at this. If you go to their website at www.crowdrise.com slash dubsmashwars, we'll have a link to it on the website and on the Ravelry thread, you'll find um, the home for the videos and links to donate once you, once it actually starts. Um, if you look at, there's a button just above where it says round one, round two, round three, where it says rewatch launch video. I don't know if it's going to automatically bring up the video. It might bring up, automatically bring up the video when you go to the site, but I've, since I've been to the site before, it's not bringing it up for me. But that's where you can watch the really funny launch video for it that explains everything. And it looks like this is going to be epic. Oh, and it looks like they're going to have other prizes during the contest. Must not throw all my money at this. Must not throw all my money at this. There's also a little link under the part where it says contest starts December 2nd in between the two videos. There's a little button that says watch the original dubs if you want to, you know, watch those again and again and again. It never gets tiring. Okay, back to the podcast. And speaking of Agent Carter, <laughs> we also found out something about Agent Carter coming yes. up. Yes. Oh my god! Agent Carter uh, is going to be going up against Madame Mask, who is a modern counter, modern um, villain. Yeah. She was in I the think, s- late 60s, early 60s? Yeah, I think from what I read it was that she was sort of introduced in the late 60s. Yeah. And she's never been a villain in that, in the same time period. They've never written her as a right. villain in the 
earlier time period, like the original like Captain America, Peggy Carter time period. But this is Marvel TV. They yeah. do what they want, bitches. Yes. <laughs> so they're going to, and that seems, and she seems like a really cool villain to put Peggy up against. And I think they said too, like she's going to be, Madame Mask is going to be kind of based, she's going to be like a Hollywood starlet. starlet. Kind of based on like Hedy Lamar, who was not only like a Hollywood bombshell star, Everybody, Karen, again, just adding a little information about Hedy Lamar because when we originally recorded, I messed it up a little bit, and I want to give her proper credit, because she's awesome. She actually co-invented technology that uses spread spectrum and frequency hopping to counteract the jamming of allied radio communications by Axis powers during World War II. I'm looking at her Wikipedia page right now. During her first marriage, she developed an interest in applied science and sort of became an inventor. And even though the U.S. Navy didn't adopt the technology at the time, they didn't actually adopt it until the 1960s. Uh, now it's incorporated into into things like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and other things that we use all the damn time. And rightfully so, she was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2014. So like, seriously, guys, you need to read about her because she's awesome. She actually invented her the the frequency hopping system with George Antile, a composer who was a neighbor of hers, which is kind of awesome that like, a Hollywood actress and a composer managed to come up with this. It was specifically developed for radio-controlled torpedoes so that they couldn't be jammed by other powers and caused to go off course. It says it was achieved by using a piano roll to unpredictably change the signal sent between a control center and the torpedo at short, short bursts within a range of 88 different frequencies in the radio frequency spectrum. Because there are 88 black and white keys on a keyboard! Oh, that makes sense. That's so awesome. See, learning things every day. And they actually have a pat- patent on this technology that was awarded in 1942. However, it was met with opposition from the U.S. Navy and wasn't implemented until 1962 when it was used by military ships during the blockade of Cuba after the patent had expired. But yes, so now like that idea served as a basis for modern spread spectrum communication technology which, like I said, is used in like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and another technology was used in some cordless and wireless, wireless telephones, which is awesome. And she de- deserves super cred for this. Okay, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Really, go look at her Wikipedia page or like look up a good biography of her. Of her. It's amazing. Of and course. be impressed. Yeah, especially considering she had a hard time getting taken seriously. Of course. Because A, woman, B, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so apparently Madame Mask is going to be kind of based off her, which means she's going to be super smart and like... Bombshelly. And awesome and an amazing foil for Peggy. Yes! It's going to be awesome! I'm looking so forward to it! And like, most of the cast from the original season has been confirmed and coming back. Mm-hmm. The only one I don't I haven't seen that's con- that isn't confirmed yet is Angie. And I really, really, yeah. really want Angie! Come on, they're in LA. It would be perfect. But also, I love. I still love Jarvis because you know, I'm. I'm still haven't gotten over that you know part in Ultron where we don't. We have. We no longer have a Jarvis. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've not. Gotten it's gonna over be that. okay, Maggie. I've not gotten. Over it's gonna that. be okay. You told me that about Pluto too. <laughs> oh, one thing that someone did notice in Ultron when they freeze framed. I don't know if you heard about this. No. 
or when they caught a, a screen cap or something of it. Um, one of the other, they see when he picks, when Tony picks up Friday's chip to put in, mm-hmm. there's a couple others on the table. One of them says, Tadashi. <laughs> like from Big Hero 6. <laughs> All the feels. You had to do that to me when we were recording. Yep. Oh my god. Basically, yes, I did. Oh. <sighs> You were like, I hate you so much. I hate you so much. It's like, oh, yes. Well, see, because I saw this ages ago, and I've had time to get over the feels. I heart Tadashi as well. <laughs> anyway. And he's gone, too. So, yes, and also one more note for Marvel TV. Well, one, I think Jessica, one, the Jessica Jones Netflix series is coming out in the fall. They did release the logo for it, which I cannot wait, because so far the Marvel TV has been amazing. Yes, it has, actually. Um, but also, finally... Finally! The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter soundtracks are coming out October 2nd. I cannot wait. I have been dying for an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. soundtrack for the last two years and the Agent Carter soundtrack since earlier this year. Yes, in case any of you don't know, Miss Karen is big into her uh, movie soundtracks. Yes. I have versions I have taped off of YouTube. From people who have sort of cobbled together stu- stuff. And I used those. I did actually use at least the um, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. theme. Was on my motivation playlist for last year's Sheep to Shawl. Yay! I was listening to that while spinning. Sort of drive me forward and keep going. So yes, I can't wait. I want them now. I know. I need that music. I know. To walk along yes, and dear. listen to. Yes, dear. I can't wait. Anyway. So, other things. Well, we can talk about more things that I no longer have. <laughs> like? Like Tom Hiddleston. Maggie. <laughs> he was never yours to begin with, Stop honey. it! It was yeah. never going to happen. Smash all my dreams. The, the fact that I'm in another country and married and with a child is irrelevant. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston is dating Elizabeth Olsen, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch from Age of Ultron. Which, there's a terrifying pairing, if you imagine them as as their characters. He had better not wear the costume for her. (laughs) I will rip this planet asunder if I find out that he wears the costume in bed for her. (laughs) Got you back! She was just drinking her sweet tea there. Bitch! (laughs) I had just taken a full, like, full mouth. Sip. You guys have been warned of what, of what the Rhinebeck weekend is going to be like, okay? <laughs> this is when we're sober, too. <laughs> lucky that didn't come out your nose. Very lucky. <laughs> or that he didn't spray it all over the computer right in front of me. <laughs> so anyways, yes. Tom Hiddleston is dating Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, Loki and Scarlet Witch are dating. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. <laughs> because... When when Benedict, his romance was very, very secretive, and then it came out, and then they moved to the whole mar- engagement, and I had to let, I decided I had to let him go, <laughs> and then I just made a decision consciously one day, okay, he's going to be a married man, he's going to be a family man, I've got to let him go, and that night I had the most raunchiest X-rated dreams <laughs> My subconscious is obviously a child that does not want to let go of its things yet. <laughs> Are you sure you want to be saying this um in public, Maggie? Um, well, I, it's maybe this isn't the best place. Anyway, <laughs> so I am aware that Tom Hiddleston is dating somebody. It's not like he's married, but 
there are like there was never talk about that before and i and there was always this what ifs that was in the air and <laughs> oh shut up stop looking at me like that <laughs> see my what if is like what if phil colson came to the door and like needed my assistance with some library thing of like international importance which was obviously never going to happen. So the, sh- the shield lib- the shield uh, database is down. We need to catalog everything by hand. I need your help. They did inherit that base. Yes, they did. That has all those places they haven't explored yet, and all that stuff. I'm sure they don't have it cataloged. Somebody write Miss Karen some fan fiction. Director and- Colson, call me and make sure that I have a degree in museum stuff, and I'm working on library diploma. I can do this. And make sure that Colson wears, you know, his Captain America undies. Girl. <laughs> so anyways, Benedict Cumberbatch is gone. Tom Hiddleston is halfway over the horizon. I am without male celebrity flesh. <laughs> oh, don't worry, honey. There will be more all over that came from. I am from. devoid of male celebrity And where that flesh. came from is Britain. There's yes. <laughs> I mean, I have I've, I have friends that have said, well, what's wrong with Jeremy Renner and what's wrong with Chris Evans and what's wrong with Hemsworth? And I'm like, yes, yes, all absolutely fantastic specimens of the male body, except it's just not British. <laughs> except not British. I'm sorry. <laughs> and probably what I should do, I have been restraining from doing this, but probably what I should do is go and watch the Outlander series. <laughs> I've been restraining from doing this because I have way too many obsessions in my life already. Like, my, my husband has told me I'm not allowed to pick up another hobby, and here I went and got a loom. Mm-hmm. So if I become obsessed with the Outlander series... You'll I, be able to weave tartan. Ooh. <laughs> I think I just broke her brain. All right, I'm going to have to debate. I'll think on this some more. There has to be a way <laughs> Okay, yes, moving on. Moving on. Well, yes, moving away from that TMI <laughs> part... This is the episode where Maggie... I don't know how much of that is going to end up in the actual episode, Maggie. This is where Maggie actually exposes things. Things I did things. not need to know. Thank you. <laughs> you realize people are going to have to come face-to-face with people who actually heard you say that at Rhinebeck. Oops. <laughs> hey, Maggie, I heard about your your lust for Tom Hiddleston. My lust for Tom Hiddleston has not been a secret, okay? <laughs> True. On this episode, no. My lust for Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch were anyway. not secret. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, as for movie things, I saw Ant-Man, and I wasn't expecting much. It was pretty good. It was fun. It was funny. There were certain things where it's like, there were certain times they turned tropes on their head and it was good. There was one time they turned a trope on its head and I was like, "Mm, you could have done that differently. But it was still really fun. It's basically a heist movie. Okay. But with superheroes. Cool. Or, like, you know, proto-superheroes, really, because it's an origin story. That's true. But it's really cool. It is actually really neat. I didn't see it in 3D, but it would be really, it would see, does seem like it would be really cool to see it in 3D. Because they do an amazing job with the shots where he's, like, teeny tiny. And giving you the, the perspective of someone who is... Ant-sized. Ant-sized in a human world. And the bet, the bit in the trailer with the Thomas the Tank Engine mm-hmm. set is even better. Like, I remember, I see, saw that in the trailer, I'm like... That seems dumb to put it... It seems like like it's a good laugh moment for the trailer, but it's also like... It seems kind of like, aren't you, you know, giving away one of the best bits? No. It gets better. Okay. <laughs> After that. Trust me. And in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to give you a little spoiler. 
Which, well, it's not spoiler, like, when you hear it right now, but if you go to see the movie, you'll then know sort of where a certain character's arc is going. Um, the only bit I was sort of, err uh, about is that, you know, the, the, the common story is child wants to do a thing. Parent does not want child to do the thing because the thing will either take them away, far away from parent, or because parent thinks it's dangerous. And then either, A, either child does the thing, it succeeds, and parent gets over themselves, or parent gets over themselves, child does the thing, and succeeds. Okay. There is a female character in this movie who gets that kind of storyline, except for the part where they get to do the thing. And this is a female character. So it's like, oh, you guys, you could have done it. So yeah, that was kind of annoying. <laughs> it's like, but why did you not have the character do the thing? That's what movies are supposed to do. And okay, maybe you're, you know, and like, yes, I'm one for like challenging tropes and making them not go the way you expect, but sometimes they need to go the way you expect. So yes, that was, that was the one bit where it's like, oh, it's like when you're, you're eating something delicious and one thing like pokes you in the gums. Oh dear. And it hurts. So it's like, this thing is really good, but it also poked me in the gums. Okay. So. There's a visual I didn't. Okay. Well, I'm sure I just yeah. shared a bunch of or visuals like, with everybody. this thing is really good, except someone didn't grind that peppercorn. So you get that one bite of, like, almost whole peppercorn that's like, whoa! And then you go back to eating, like, yummy stuff. But there was that moment where it's like, ugh. Okay, then. So, yes. But yes, like I said, it's fun. And then also movie movie news. Actually, today, I just, after, you know, 20 years, I finally managed to see uh, Apollo 13 mm-hmm. on the big screen, which was amazing. Basically, there's a, a movie company, like a theater company in Canada called Cineplex, and they do, they have a couple different sort of film series, and one of them is their classic film series. So any, you know, movies that are like 10, 15 years or older, they'll occasionally show different ones. Like I saw Casablanca... Earlier this year, the same thing, and today I saw Apollo 13, and I had actually... Apollo 13 is one of my favorite movies. I went to it with a friend. We were both obsessed with it when we were, like, 15. We would watch it every single time it was on the movie network, which was, like, every other day (laughs) for, like, a month. There are certain sections of the movie we can quote verbatim, but I had never... I didn't see it when it was on the big screen, and I finally got to, and it was amazing. (laughs) It's like, wow. Karen got to do the thing. Yes. Yes, my, it was, it's really cool because it's like there are certain things, aspects of it I had not ever really quite appreciated seeing it on a small screen, like the, with the sound design. Mm, okay. Like, cause when, you know, during liftoff, you get that feeling of like, boom, sound coming at you during liftoff that you don't get when you're watching it on TV. Mm. Um, of course, the other part of it that it was may giving me all the feels besides that, like, oh, you know, nostalgia, love this movie is that the composer for it is like one of my favorite movie music composers from the 90s, who unfortunately passed away in a plane crash earlier this year. So I was having all the feelings about that, because he, he's the one who composed the first score I ever wanted, which was an American tale. So he's the one that introduced me to movie scores. I was six, but and he scored a lot of movies that I really loved. So pour one out for James Horner. But yeah, so that was pretty amazing. And if you get it, it's one of those movies, if you get a chance to see it on the big screen, if your local theater does... You know, again, these, like, older movie screenings, that sort of thing. Go see it, because it's cool. Okay, so, moving on to more stuff that's going to be on the big screen. Deadpool released a full trailer. Yes, a red band trailer, red too, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. I know that, I know there was a trail, at least one trailer. I couldn't remember if there was, like, a green band trailer they released and a red band. But no, I think it was just a red band. 
So this this does do the classic trailer of you get a couple of snapshots or glimpses of the situation as you come into the movie. You get a couple of glimpses of what the attempt is in the movie, and then you get a bunch of smart mouth one-liners and a bunch of things <laughs> exploding. Lots of exploding and some, some blood going sploosh. Oh yes, there's lots of blood with Deadpool. <laughs> This this is not a movie to take any sensitive children to. No, this is this is one. I think this is a Fox movie. They're not. I don't think they're doing it in conjunction with Marvel even. Um, so it's not a Marvel movie. So it's not going to be like the other Marvel movies. You do not want to bring your kids to this, right? You and you might not be able to bring your kids. Even to this. even so, Deadpool is a wild canon in and of itself. I've always said that Deadpool is the Marvel version of. Or the superhero version of a Looney Tunes character. Yeah, from the from what I've seen of him in the comics, yeah, yeah, he is basically Looney Tunes character. I hope he's breaking the fourth wall at every opportunity. Yes, he is. From what I'm, from what I was told, I I didn't read it. I was in, I was informed that yes, he does yes. break the fourth wall. Which, by the way, if you don't know what that means, that means he actually turns around and talks to you, the audience. Yeah, and he tells other characters about like. He talks to them about the meta stuff, like the audience reading us right now and stuff like that. Like he knows, it's like he knows he is in a comic book. Yeah. And knows like how the comic book is being written and stuff like right at that moment. Which is partially his lunacy and partially, you know, his... Goofballness. Goofballness. Anyways. Part of the humor. But if anybody doesn't remember from the X-Men origin movie, mm -hmm. Wade is the character that had the two katanas. Mm -hmm. who, he was actually dying of cancer in the story. And that's why he volunteered to be literally the pool for all of the talents, the mutations mm -hmm. that the rest of the group had. So he had some of this and some of that and some of the other and almost pretty much invulnerable. This takes that same sort of concept, but it's a different origin story. So mm -hmm. I don't think that Wolverine is involved in this. Yeah, and... it doesn't look like it's going to really connect with the X-Men right. much. So... If at all. But there is a lot of swear words. Be prepared for yeah. a... For a a barrage of, of swear, swear words. words, okay? There's a lot... You know, this is one of those movies later on when you actually, you know, watch it at home. Drink every time he says the F-bomb. You'll be on the floor with alcohol poisoning within 20 minutes. <laughs> Don't do this, people. Don't. But I am very much looking forward to it. I, I kind of heart Deadpool. Anyways. Okay. We got a lot of geek squeezes this time. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when we don't record for a while. I know. Do you want to hold well, this off? this is all recent stuff. Of course. Earlier this week, television said goodbye. It was the end of an era. To Jon Stewart, I guess it's sad. And to his control and appearance on The Daily Show. Yeah. The Daily Show is going to go on, but... Just not with John. Just not with John. But one of the amazing things during the final show... Oh my god. <laughs> ...was Stephen Colbert. Can we get any more geeky? <laughs> because in the scripted part of his goodbye to John Stewart, he, of course, brought out the Lord of the Rings nerdery. He layered the Tolkien frosting on everything, okay? Yeah, there's like three inches of Tolkien frosting on that... He was calling himself, you're Sam. Or, no, he was Sam. Yeah, he was, Colbert was saying, I'm... You Colbert, can't live no, without that's your what I Sam. Col yeah, Colbert was saying, I'm your Sam. Yes. Sam? Sam? <laughs> He's like, what? Are you talking, what are you talking about? He's like, oh God, you're talking about Lord of the Rings, aren't you? <laughs> yes. 
and saying that Stuart was Frodo going off to the Undying Lands and Stuart just being like, oh god. Oh god, make it stop. You're not doing this right now. Make it stop. (laughs) But yes. Yes, it was, it was fabulous. And you should really see it. You should really find the clip online. Yes. I went and found the clip online, and, and when that started happening, because I didn't get... Because we were at uh, Knit Night when the show was happening, I think. It doesn't air until, like, 11. Oh, 11 anyways. 30, so. I went and found it later, and... Okay, correspondent, okay, correspondent, okay. Okay, and that... Okay, okay. Oh, damn. That was a Tolkien <laughs> Sunday with a frost with a frozen Frodo on top. Pardon me, sort of expected him to come out, you know, Mithra and Dia robes and stuff. Oh, my God. I would have loved that. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And he does it with such calm poise. It was like... Anyways, yes, go check out the video if you can. Okay, so moving, in, moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. So for Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, I want to send a shout out if uh, I am allowed. I found out my little brother has a podcast and I didn't know. So being the sister that I am, I go and find the podcast and... I was warned to listen to it with headphones, but, you know, I've got my own office, so I just closed the door. Mm-hmm. Dude, I now realize why they told me to listen to it with the headphones, because there is swearing going on all over the place. It is three guys all doing the uh, all doing the podcast from their own locations. They all got a nice setup. And one of them is, hola, I love you, dude, but whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. And there is, you know, they're calling each other names and they're calling each other out and and stuff like that. But um <laughs> being dudes in other they're words. They're basically being dudes. It is actually kind of cool. They do raise a couple of uh questions and ideas. For example, there was an animal point for the day. Interesting animal facts. You know, uh, the lifespan of a fly is something like 14 days. Mm-hmm. What would you do in 14 days if you were born with the conscious knowledge you are going to die in 14 days. What do you do to make your life amazing from that point on? You would probably... They estimated, I think, that you age about seven years a day. Something like that. Well, you hit puberty at about day two. <laughs> yeah. They came up with uh, ideas of, um, you know, taking night trains and going all through these places through Europe and seeing the wonders of the world and holding mm-hmm. parties in all of these places. And, mm-hmm. you know, while I've still got the virility, I'm doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, towards the last few days of your life, you don't have the virility. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I don't want to think about this. <laughs> this is my brother. Oh, my God. And I actually sent out a challenge to them because many people will have heard the game of fuck, marry, or kill. Um, mm-hmm. for those who are a little more tender hearted or whatever, you can, you can say love, marry, or kill, whatever. So on their podcast, they were calling it mash, which is the same as sex, marry, kill, or eat. And eat is not a sexual connotation. It is actually you are eating something for sustenance or a person. But of course, being the three dudes that they are, they picked four actresses like Scarlett Johansson and Mm -hmm. Emily Blunt. And okay, so I sent them a challenge and said, okay, fine. What would you do with the following? Black Widow, Tony Stark... Captain America, and the Hulk. Yes, I am giving you fictional characters, because I can. (laughs) And you've only got one girl. The terms are as follows. Mash, obvious. Sex, 
No emotions attached, only one time, probably. Because it's like a one-nighter. You don't mm-hmm. develop emotional attachments. Marry, you don't necessarily get sex with marriage. Ask any married man. And it also doesn't denote that you automatically get children out of it, either. Lots of people get married without the intention of having children. Mm-hmm. You are expected to be upstanding next to your spouse in public and to support them emotionally. You cannot just basically throw them in the basement, lock them in, and go out and carry on like a singles person at the bar. Yeah. Kill is an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, extra points if you tell us how you managed it. Mm-hmm. And eat. Yeah, it sounds obvious, but you don't necessarily have to kill somebody. But then again, you're getting into sicko territory. Yes. So, go and ahead. if that's your option, yeah. I am going to be looking at you very... <laughs> I'm going to be side-eyeing you very hard. So, I kind of want to know how they're going to answer this, because, yeah, they've only got one girl as an option. And if you're planning on just killing the Hulk, good luck with that. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. Yeah. You know, Bruce Banner tried doing that. Mm-hmm. It didn't work so well. All right. So, anyways, this is my little brother's podcast. It is called Packet Loss. Mm-hmm. I have warned you, there's a lot of swear words. Super not safe for work. Super not safe for work. Wear the headphones. But there is some interesting commentary. He, my my brother did comment about the same book that you were reading, The Martian. Mm-hmm. And he also loved it. And they were talking about the uh, the movie that's coming out and stuff Which like that. Which is going to be at the Toronto International Film Festival. So there is some, there is some good uh, topic and some good commentary on there. You just have to get through some of the testosterone sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be a sister if I didn't mention that. And actually, I should mention there's a fun little, um, a fun channel I found on YouTube recently. Um, I've actually kind of started, well, I did download one game, video game, actually. Computer game, I should say, because I downloaded it on my computer recently. And there's like one or two others I'd kind of like to try. The one I did is um, called Little Inferno. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's kind of a little puzzle game. But basically the setting is you're in this this town where it has been winter for a very long time. And so you have just just bought a little Inferno entertainment fireplace to help you keep warm as well as to be entertainment. Okay. And so what you do is you burn things in it. <laughs> and you get the from the company, you get a little catalog and you buy things from the catalog and you burn them and it gives you money when you burn them so you can buy more stuff. But the other, but the main part of it is they have all these, they have almost a hundred um, different combos, uh-huh. basically. So you can try, you have to try and burn two or three things together and you have to figure out the puzzle of what those things are uh, to make the combo. Okay. So like some of them are pretty obvious. Like the, fir- the first combo is the pirate bike combo. And in the catalog in the first page, there's like a little pirate doll and a little wooden bicycle. It's like, okay, so you burn those two together, but they get more difficult. Some are more obscure. Sometimes they use words that are in the names of the things. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have to think a little more outside the box. And there is, but there is a really story too, because when you, sort of a story too. And when you get to the end of the game, there is the, a few little playable scenes of this little story that goes with it. It's kind of neat because there's, there's, when you're doing this, there's, this thing is supposed to be like, this entertainment fireplace is supposed to be fun, but there's a, a thread of something sinister that sort of seems like it's going underneath it. So you're sort of like, "Mm, I don't know. I want to get to the end of the game, but I don't know whether it's going to be creepy, super creepy or not. But it's a really, it's a really fun little puzzle game. And I think I I found it, I've heard about it a while ago, but I refound it, I think through a channel called the Game Grumps on YouTube. One of the sub channels they have is called Steam Train. Mm Mm-hmm. 
where basically they've found all these like little game. They've got all these little games off Steam, and they they're trying to play them. And uh, one, so I would highly suggest check out the little series they do for a game called for a game called No Time to Explain. Basically, the game starts with you in your house, and all of a sudden, like someone bursts in and an alternate you with a gigantic gun is like. Quick, there's no time to explain. And then they'll get eaten by a dinosaur and you have to like grab the gun and go after them and go try and solve things. It's sort of like a time travel sort of thing, but there's like really no explanation of it. The reason you need to see this is if I'm thinking of the, if I'm remembering the game correctly, you respawn every time you die. You have unlimited lives. I skipped, there's like maybe four or five videos in the series. At a certain point in the first one, they start counting every time he dies. And I think I got up to, like, 60 by the end of the first video. I skipped to, like, video three, and it was, like, 400 and something (laughs) by that point. So, yes, I would highly suggest checking that out. Just so you can see, like, the hilarity of how often he dies in this game and how long it takes him to do a thing. It's especially funny, like I said, if you skip ahead. If you watch, like, the first video and then skip ahead. But, yes, and finally, one more thing. This time of the knitting variety. It wouldn't be a knitting podcast without a little bit of pattern talk. Yes. So, Kim McBrien Evans of Indigo Dragonfly, one of our favorite purveyors of pretty, pretty yarns. Pretty, pretties. Has a sweater pattern that she's just released. Meander. Yes. And it's part of the custom fit group of sweaters that Amy Herzog sort of runs. So what you do is you can get the custom fit recipe for it, and then you would use the custom fit site software to figure out your size and everything. Um, It's the first sweater in the Indigo Dragonfly Sweater Club, number two, which is the 2015 one. So it's not available to the general public just yet, but you can sign up for the mailing list to be notified when it is actually released. And it's very nice. Yeah, it's actually got this sort of really cool asymmetrical front. So you've got one sort of front panel of this cardigan that comes straight down. And the other panel is a little larger and it crosses over your front to join the other. So the neckline is sort of asymmetrical. And it's got this really neat sort of lacy pattern that sort of angles across down the back. It goes over one shoulder, goes up the front of one side, over the shoulder, and then makes a little path going down the back of... Yeah, and it's on one sleeve, yep. but not the other. It's really neat. And the color she did it in is so pretty. Mm-hmm. So yes, so that's Meander. Huh. Okay. okay. I think that's it. All right, everybody. We will catch you again sometime soonish, possibly not before the, at least going by the pattern we've had the last few months, pro- possibly not before the Kitchener-Waterloo Knitters Fair. But the way we've been going, I don't think I would, even if we record before then, I don't know if I'm going to edit it. Okay. So, again, if we don't get another episode out before the Kitchener-Waterloo Knitters Fair, look for us. If you see us, say hi. We love to meet you guys. I mean, I might not have be have had a lot of sleep the night before, so I might be a zombie. <laughs> I am, like, you guys, it's sort of the thing where you guys might not believe it from listening to the podcast, but I am also kind of an introvert, so I find it very hard to just walk up to people so and say hi. So... And, of course, I don't know what you guys look like, generally. <laughs> I'm very bad with faces and with names, too, so I might not recognize your name the instant. So if you see me, tell me your rivalry name, too. I'll probably recognize it better. But, all right. But we and- love meeting people. Yes, we do. And like I said, I'll be wearing the red hat, so. And I'll probably be near the red hat. Or I'll be carrying the red hat. Yeah. If it's too warm. So. Maybe I'll snag Michelle's red hat. Michelle's red hat is going to be way too big on you. Oh, well. We have our matching hats. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we'll be right. easy to spot, meet up, food area. Yep. 
11.30. And uh, everybody take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1. G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on. Whatever you like, time-wise. We are at... Uh, an hour ten, which is not that unusual, really. For I was the last little while. I was thinking that shouldn't be too bad, especially with all my um, TMI stuff. <laughs> yeah, that might get cut down a bit. I'll just go in the outtakes. Uh, I, That'll be a treat for that anyone would be who a listens treat. to the end. Yeah. <laughs> treat of therapy for the next few years. <laughs> <laughs>